flossing i think that's on the list isn't it um a dragon we're also talking about um what else mums and dads what did you want to be when you're older it is a hockey podcast, yeah, we're doing? Oh, I think so. Is there going to be some hockey in there somewhere? Probably. Can you tell the Leafs are on a losing streak that we suddenly this week bring out all of the other topics that we want to talk about? But yeah, there's going to be loads of stuff. We are going to talk about uh, the mums and dads trips. Does it help or hinder an NHL team statistically? Yeah, and also, can pure skill beat physicality? There's a one for you to think about. After we did our crazy NHL playoff bracket prediction last week, yes, we actually did it last week, we had a bit of debate that came back to us on whether skill is enough to get to the Stanley Cup final. We're also going to be talking a lot about New York and specifically the New York Rangers because we have got our NHL fan from afar, Jamie, with us this week. He is a New York Rangers fan, so we're going to be deep diving into their season, where they're at and what their hopes are for this season and the future. So, Jolan, a big exciting thing happened for me this week. Right. Not only did I buy my first ever brand new car... Of which oh, I don't even know the registration. Get you. Some, I'm so someone's excited. Someone's doing well. <laughs> well, I know. I just decided that. I just needed to get with the times. Hang on. Do we get paid for this podcast and you just not told me? Is this how you <laughs> afforded this new car? No? It's my company that produces it. Oh, very good. Oh, I see. I see how this works. Well, I shall it's get... more mine than yours. I shall get my agent onto this. Well, anyway, while Once I sat I in the dealership, um, it turned out that Steve... Um, the yes. guy who's a salesman is actually a coach for Altringham Aces. What? <laughs> and uh, whilst we were waiting for my finance to go through, yeah. I actually took his phone and I subscribed to our podcast. So I've right. got us one of the listener. A second listener, mm-hmm. I recruited um, a Toronto Maple Leafs fan who yeah. was on Tinder. Like him already. Who we happened to oh, match right. on oh, Tinder. Did you, did you... <laughs> I don't think it's going to be a date, but I've got us at least what? another listener. What? Sorry, hang on. I I actually don't know much about internet dating. Uh, you can't but just date someone because they're a Leafs fan. Surely, hang on, no. <laughs> surely, if you're a match on Tinder and they end up being a Leafs fan, I mean, I'd marry them. Like, that would literally <laughs> be it for me. I think if I matched anyone on a social media site and they were a Leafs fan, it would be like, okay, excellent. When do we get married then? No, there's one, one major part. He's a tax man. He's a tax man. Not that I've got anything so to hide. So he's rich and he's a Leafs fan. Therefore, he can take you to Toronto all the time to watch the Leafs. <sighs> Maybe I'll give him a second chance. I was going to say, if you don't, I will. <sighs> anyway, also... What's his name? <laughs> easy. He might not match you. No, well, what can I th- think we would. We'd have matching profile pictures of Mitch Marner and William Nylander. We'd be like, we would be like Nylander and Kapanen in that picture of them on holiday in the summer together. Do you know what? You could do a fake Tinder account and put a picture. <laughs> no, we are not doing this. Mitch Marner. We are not doing this. I am not explaining to my girlfriend one day in the future when I forget about this and say to her when she comes home to me and says, um, I've just seen on this email that you've got a load of Tinder notifications <laughs> from uh, I love Nylander at gmail whatever oh uh, yeah no i'm not i'm not even going there it was bad enough when you made me change my phone screen to a picture of william nylander and kasperi captain on a beach topless that took enough explaining i know well i mean i have got rid of um austin matthews as my screensaver now that's because he can't score claire he's rubbish trading 
dear. Anyway, no. <laughs> <clears throat> we'd like to also thank a couple of you for getting in touch. Thanks to uh, Dee Dee Fent uh, for his review on Apple. And also, uh, we'll introduce them in a moment. But uh, it was Fent who introduced us to this week's guest. And also an email as well from someone listening over in America. Mike Anthony, thank you so much. You made it our day by sending us an email saying that he loves the podcast and he appreciates how hard it is for us to uh, coordinate all this time zone of watching, studying and all that kind of stuff. And we must also say hello to Abby and her kids right. who are listening. Hi, Abby. Abby and your kids. has basically said to us that uh, she sent a couple of comments this week. We're going to be talking about the moms and dads trips. Um, and also, as a Blackhawks fan, she said she was sat there listening to the <laughs> podcast last week, minding her own business, and then Jolon said, nobody thought they would be rock bottom. And she basically said, go on, hit her where it hurts. So, uh, yeah. But she did have some interesting uh, predictions saying that she agreed with me that Dallas could get a wild card spot. So hello to her kids. And apparently she tells her kids to be quiet while she listens to this podcast. So she's quite glad that our podcast sometimes lasts more than an hour because that buys her more than an hour of silence from her kids. Oh, well, you are welcome. You are welcome. And I'm sorry about my... And I explained this on Twitter to her, that it was more... The fact I, I repeated that the Chicago Blackhawks were rock bottom... Um, it was more the fact that I was shocked myself in a team that was that good can end up being so bad. And I tell you what, it hasn't stopped. It's just going from bad to worse. And I cannot believe that we could actually end up talking about the Chicago Blackhawks picking first overall next year. <laughs> I mean, how ridiculous is that? Maybe, maybe this is all part of their plan and they want Jack Hughes and they're going to be then great next year. And well effective tanking something we might come on to talk to with our guest a little later on as well now i feel like this is starting to become like a village meeting where you have to do apologies uh during the meeting and um (laughs) (laughs) somehow this apologies thing is becoming a regular feature on this podcast because i have another sorry to say so you've got a sorry you've got a sorry i've got a sorry to say i'm impressed i thought very much it would be me doing the apologizing during this well apparently uh we had another message from matt who said uh, he quoted quoted me saying i think dallas could make the playoffs that's what i said last uh, episode and since then dallas have no points um and he's saying first freddy now dallas they've gone from a wild card spot to three places out of the wild card and has said that i have uh, my curse has um striked again yeah, you are. Uh, you are. We, I mean, we joked about that last week, didn't we? After you put the curse on Freddie Anderson, and now you've done it to Dallas as well. Um, and yeah, I, I do think that <laughs> we could use this to our advantage, though, because we should start looking at the next run of fixtures that the Leafs have got, and we should start talking about those teams, and particularly you should start talking about those teams in positive <laughs> ways. And who knows what could happen? We might not lose another game for the rest of the season. The only thing I was going to say to you, I know that you're getting this book for Christmas behind the bench. Oh, yeah. Well, I hope I am. Craig Costant's book. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, interviews with amazing coaches. Mm. I just read the Mike Babcock chapter oh, in did bed you? the other day. Amazing. Did you? I mean, I love him a little bit more. What a leader this guy is. It talks yeah. of, you know, I'm not going to say all the things that it goes through, but just the fact that this guy gets a lot of his influences from 
big executives outside the hockey world mm. the books that he's reading where he gets his ideas and inspiration come from the guy who serves him breakfast in the morning to his skating instructor to the rookie players he's always first at the rink mm. i mean it is amazing even the house that he bought in michigan he knew he wanted to live in this area yeah. So and there but no houses were ever for sale. So we went knocking on the door of everybody in the neighborhood saying, Don't suppose you want to sell to me. Don't suppose you want to <laughs> sell to me. He literally was that driven, one of the greatest coaches of all time, is knocking door to door asking people if they want to sell their house to him. He's a very interesting character, Mike Babcock. I read his other book that he, uh, or his book that he did as well. I've got that one to read, yeah. yeah. he's a very interesting character. Um, He frustrates me hugely at times, but I can't help but think it is all part of the process. It's it's process, strategies and process, and, and actually the chapter talks a lot behind that. I don't know what part of the process is throwing out your fourth line when you've only got 30 seconds left of the period and you end up giving up two goals. I don't know what part of the process that is, but I'm sure it is, Mike. A very niche Leafs reference, but Leafs fans, you'll know exactly what the game that was from last week. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, right. Moms and dads, uh, what else have we got? Moms and dads, jobs that you wanted to be when you grew up. Um, and then other random things. <laughs> oh, the other thing you wanted, you mentioned on Twitter actually, uh, via our account at NHL Fans from Afar, was uh, right. Was it right that Team GB were not mentioned at the British, uh, at the BBC Sports Personality of the Year this year? You Which know, was the, at the weekend. The team, um, for their obviously huge amount of success um, in winning that World Championship last year and getting to the, the kind of the, the top tier of World Championships this coming year. And it's a big event, isn't it? I mean, it's a televised event. There's lots of different categories. Um, Netball uh, got a big shout out this year because they had huge Mm. success. One team of the year, didn't they? Yes. And moment of the year by the British public. Um, So it's all very big to do. You know, my thoughts is that they're not there yet, Team GB. Do you know what? My response was no. I, I don't feel, and I know certain people on Twitter have already said this is ridiculous. Like we've got to support this sport, but I personally, and this is as a huge hockey fan who lives in this country and wants nothing more than the the sport to thrive in the UK. Mm. It's, it's not the just right not platform. there. Like it's just, it would be like you'd be sitting there watching it at home as you're kind of a lay sports fan watching it and going. Okay. I think right. also we put in context here that where this this uh, is an article has come from on British ice hockey and mm. a good pal of mine Craig Anderson um, who's done a lot of uh, press write ups for the league actually um, put this article together and it all stems from the coach Pete Russell um, mm. had put a, a quite a big rant on Facebook. He's also a coach for um, the Glasgow Clan, one of the teams in Elite League as well. And he put a very public post um, just really kind of tearing into the BBC saying this isn't this isn't acceptable. Uh, BBC had responded saying, look, this is really difficult uh, mm. choice for us editorially. We always there's always people that lose out. Yeah. You know, it wasn't to be on this occasion. And so responded. Yeah. And I, and I get the frustration. And particularly if you work that closely within it, it must feel like you've been overlooked for su- such a great achievement, which it is. And I don't think anyone's questioning that. I just think that. 
you know, even as an ice hockey fan, ice hockey in this country is not at the point where, you know, comparing it to netball, how many people play netball in this yeah. country? Okay, a lot of people might not watch it day to day, but a lot of people play it. If we compared the number of people who wa- who it's played netball results. compared to, yeah. you know, played ice hockey, it's just not there yet. It's not to say it won't be, and wouldn't it be great in the future if we could have Liam Kirk as the BBC Sports Personality of the Year yeah. in future years to come as an NHL star? Well, amazing write-up of Liam Kirk in uh, the New York Times as well. And looking at (laughs) his agent as well, and his agent, uh, what's his name, Nick Main, I think, Mm. has actually said that the introduction to Liam was via a coach who was in Helsinki. There's various links to this, right? But Sheffield Steelers have a lot of links um, with the Swedes and the Finns because their mm. now ex-coach, Paul Thompson, yeah. uh, went to work out in Scandinavia for a year as a coach. Um, so used to bring a lot of the Scandinavia types over um, to kind of see some of the players just to spread the wider word. And he then got introduced to Nick Main, this agent. And Nick Main is now saying he's going to keep a, a closer eye on talent um, in the UK to see whether there are other jewels that he can take over to the NHL. But the article was fascinating because it really kind of went behind the scenes. The photos of the family that Liam is staying with and they're playing like some board game. I love board games. I didn't even know what the heck it was. And just him going to the local shop, like a lot of the times you, you have expats who live in Ontario. My dad's one of them, actually. And they have UK shops where they go and buy the Cadbury's dairy milk chocolate and stuff like this. So he was in a shop there buying some of um, the, the food that he has from home. So it's a, really, it's a really cute article, really, really cute and, and nice to know. And it put a bit of context as well. It talked about Tony Hand, um, for people who don't know, Edinburgh born chap. He actually um, played for a long time in Manchester as well. I think he lives around here these days mm. um, and went over to uh, play in the Oilers, but didn't quite work out. He got very homesick came back here but that was really pretty much one of the only tastes of british players out in north america so yeah, yeah there's been I a just, couple of there's been Liam a couple of scots it. out there who've made it and played a few nhl games um but englishman wise yeah there's there's been none liam could be the one he scored a couple of goals the other night as well which is great he's i love doing well i love it's... seeing the, the peter repeats i follow them which is the team he's playing for uh in the ontario hockey league and uh, I love following them because they always put a little uh, Liam Kirk goal thing on there with a little. Do they? Because uh, I know Great it's Britain social flag. media going to pull. But they've got um. a massive picture of the Queen in their <laughs> arena. Have you seen the picture of it? It's an old school picture of the Queen. Yeah. I mean, geez, imagine with that looking over you. It's so cool. It's anyway. so cool. Anyway, we need to get back to the NHL because that is what we're doing uh, this evening or on this podcast, I should say. And guest so much to talk about and we are going to be talking a lot about new york rangers well new york in general i suppose because we brought this subject up last week where we were thinking is this new york islanders new york rangers is the rivalry going to come back both teams didn't make the playoffs last season suddenly as of last week they were both chasing third space maybe i've kind of slightly cursed it as well because they've drop down a little bit. Oh no, here we go. <laughs> here I know, we but go anyway, again. there's a man at the other end of the line, uh, Jamie Smith, who's over the Pennines from us right now. And Jamie, what do you want to say to Jolon? I'll let you have your word <laughs> straight up. Go for it. Oh, firstly, thank you for inviting me on. I appreciate it. But yeah, after the um, the pick last week, I was a bit downhearted because 
there's only really one team in New York, and we both know that that they're based in uh, Madison Square Garden. Oh, I thought you were going to say New uh, New Jersey Devils. Um, <laughs> no, I was. I, do you know what? Funnily enough, a couple of weeks ago, I was I was in New York, and I went around Madison Square Gardens, and uh, in my Leafs jumper. Don't worry, I was there, and uh, right. I was wandering round, and it was it was so cool. Like it is such a you know, obviously there's a lot going on in New York, um, so I wouldn't say that it's kind of the only thing going on in New York City, but the fact they are in Manhattan, they are at Madison Square Gardens, when there's a game on, you just see so many Rangers jerseys wandering around. It's so different to the Islanders and their current situation at the moment, which we'll get onto in a bit, but, you know, the fact that they're out in Brooklyn in this arena that they're not overly happy with and all of this kind of stuff, out of the two New York Rangers, uh, out of the two New York teams... Then you know those New York of uh, those New York Rangers have really got a solid state to the city. Oh yeah, I think um, just all the history of the team as well. Um, say being one of the original six teams, mm. um, and just all the kind of the the around the team, and it, even when the team struggles, they're always in in the headlines in New York. Um, even when the, again when they struggle, they've always got some kind of star that's kind of shining bright despite all the, the things that are going on. And I just, I think that's one of the, the draws to the team. Like I said, it's, it's based in the middle of Manhattan. Um, it, it's easy access to get there. And, and I mean, what more do you want? One of the best cities in the world in, with one of the best sports in the world. Um, it kind of goes together hand in hand. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I want to know how how you got into it. So how did you get into being interested in the NHL? And then how did you end up being a Rangers fan? Um, well, years ago, and I think, like I say, when when things like this come across to this side of the pond, you, it's always, you latch onto something straight away. So it, for me, it, it was kind of like, it was when the Mighty Ducks series of the films kind of came out, and that's how I first got introduced into, into hockey itself. Um. And a lot of my family are into the sport and they all kind of went off and, and followed the Ducks as they were originally named after the film. But really? Kind of want... That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, you're going back like 15 years here, aren't you? That's a heck of a long time ago. Yeah, and, saying, and they all kind of filtered off and, and was like, yeah, there's this magical thing about the team because kind of Disney were involved and it was all around a team. And I was like, I, I didn't kind of want to follow the norm. So I kind of just went online and watched a lot of highlights of, of NHL games. And the, the one thing that kind of stood out was it was the iconic blue Ranger uniform. And I was just like, I, I was just kind of mesmerized by, by that and some of the stars from back then. And I just kind of started off just kind of looking every now and again at the results. And then eventually it was just, I found myself hooked and was, was trying anyway to watch him if, I mean, even if it was just kind of a brief highlight on, on a website somewhere, and it, it just kind of stemmed from there, really. <laughs> I mean, obviously, they're original six teams, so there's plenty for you to get your teeth into, isn't there, about learning about this team? But, I mean, how did you kind of, like, come to understand what the rules were and stuff like that? Because when you kind of dip in and dip out of this, it's it's a crazy game, isn't it, to understand why these people go on and off every two seconds and like, just why they're calling the whistle here, and then why they're dropping the puck there, and why they're moving up that end. How do you, how do you kind of learn the rules behind it? Um, oh God, 
I'm, I'm not going to lie. do not now? <laughs> I still struggle. I'm not going to lie. I've been into it that long. I still struggle with some of the rules. I'm not going to lie. It's all right. So um, do some of the refs. Don't worry. After the last couple of weeks, <laughs> don't you worry. They seem as clueless. Don't worry. <laughs> but I think I think you just kind of got to persevere. Yeah, I think it's. It, I, I think you find it with a lot of sports that kind of are not the norm to us. So kind of your you rugby and your your cricket and that kind of thing, and. And I think that's why sometimes a lot of the interest in, in American sports kind of just filters away because sometimes they can be hard to um to kind of understand. But I think if you if you just go to a game, even if it's a kind of a, a local um British game and you just go, I think you kind of then you can kind of go away from all kind of how the concept of the game works in terms of the rules and you, you kind of you, you watch it and you just end up enjoying it because it's just so fast paced. Yeah. It's it's so technical, but it's also it can be rough, and it, the games can just turn on on a big hit or just the puck going into the crowd and the crowd cheering up, and so I, you kind of then end up just picking it up as you go along, and you don't even realise. I think what I also find incredible about your story, Jamie, is that you've never seen your team live, although you've been following them for about fifteen years, which is incredible. So just explain to people, we, we've talked with previous guests about all the weird things that we do to watch these games. Are you a watcher liver or are you a hide every notification possible and watch the next day? How do you go about it? I think, as I say when we were talking, I've followed the Rangers for over 15 years and and I'm, I'm really disappointed myself that I haven't got out there. I have been to New York a few times. The first time I went, they were on the road for a week. I was absolutely devastated. Oh man, that <laughs> and is I, horrible. And, and I went, I went with my girlfriend at the time, and I was like, okay. when we booked, I was like, if the Rangers are playing, we've got to go out regardless of whatever. And we looked, and the, the Devils were at home, and I was like, I just, I, she was like, we'll go to the, watch the Devils. I was like, I am not stepping foot in the Devils <laughs> arena. I was like, I, I just feel dirty. Um, but yeah, um, I, I would, I'll watch. 85, 90% of games live. If um, the West Coast games are just uh, are just a no go because the time difference over that side of the states is just it's horrific, especially when you've got to be up at six o'clock in the morning for work. So yeah. I, I know there's a lot of fans around the the country that will stay up and fair play to them. But yeah, and I'll I'll watch them back if if I can watch it back the, the following day, maybe a couple of days later. But I'll I'll always make sure that I watch it back. Um, I hate missing the games. It's just hard to stay offline and not see the results. So if you see the teams had a really poor result, which we have had quite a lot lately, <laughs> it, it does suck then to sit there for a couple of hours knowing what the outcome is. But mm. it's, it's just what you do in it when you're a fan of the team. You you you, you follow it thick and thin. So one of the one of the things about this podcast is I want it to be a little bit of kind of. Um, you know, help a help to people who are watching NHL games or any North American sports uh, and trying to avoid the score. So I was chatting to my uncle uh, last night, who is a Vancouver Canucks fan. Uh, he's also supports teams across all different sports, so he's very used to the whole routine of not finding out the score before he can, so he can watch it the next day. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me a tip that he uses. Now I appreciate. This only does affect people who wear glasses. Okay, so he wears glasses. This doesn't work for anybody else. But he told me his way of avoiding the score and clearing notifications is what he does is when he's at work, 
uh, he will either take his glasses or his contacts out to then clear the notifications because he can just about on his phone see the layout of the screen and he knows where he needs to press. Oh, so what he'll no. do is he'll take his glasses off, take a contact lens out or something like that, look at his phone, clear the notifications and then put contact lens back on, glass back on and carry on with his day so then he can get back home. So I was saying it doesn't really work if you don't have glasses except for we've worked squint. out a scenario you can borrow somebody else's glasses and then you can't see yourself. So that is what I'm going to do. I'm going to start using glasses to clear notifications up, on my phone. Uh, that, so there's a, there's a little tip for you all. Uh, man, do you know what? Recently I, I subscribed um, to The Athletic. Um, oh, it's the best thing ever. Great online resource, isn't it, for best hockey? Thing and ever. real kind of big picture yeah. write-ups for hockey fans. Um, and I, I have been so careful to turn all the notifications off like from flash scores yeah nhl i hidden the scores on my app and everything i got to turn the notifications off on the athletic oh, app and there was a result when i woke up oh. in the morning <laughs> just when you think that you've closed every yeah. avenue down no it is it, it's knobbing. a minefield it's a minefield me and claire have got a thing going now where well, obviously, you know, we talk about stuff for the podcast all the way through the week, <laughs> but all of our conversations, whenever there's been a Leafs game yeah. from the night before, all our conversations start with, have you seen the score yet? Yeah. That is the <laughs> first question to every single message because I would not speak to her for a week if she gave away <laughs> I know, a score. But it's really hard because yeah. sometimes when I've stayed up and watched it live and then you haven't, and I really like just want to talk to someone yeah. about it, I have to like... I'm excited and I'm trying to be excitedly messaging you but not be giving yeah. it away. Well, but you, I, didn't, you didn't against Boston when you told me, oh, yeah, it's a really good game, worth watching. Cheers for that. that I was so mean... excited for the great Leafs comeback at the end, which <laughs> never happened. Do you know what? The other night I was on a night shift and um, there, there are very fixed things that you have to do over these night shifts when you're on TV. Yeah. And <laughs> we're prepping for the programme. In the morning, right? So it's not on air to the morning. But I thought, oh, because you're allowed to sit there with headphones on. Ah, you can yeah. totally get away yeah. with just watching the Leafs game live. Did all but the last eight minutes of the game, and that's when everything happened. Oh. So yeah. oh, night yeah, shifts are the winner, yeah. basically, Jamie. You have to work night shifts, <laughs> and then you can surreptitiously try and listen or watch the game. Jamie, I want to I want to ask you a bit about the Rangers because they're in a kind of an odd place at the moment. They have been so good for so long. They've been one of those teams that you always dreaded to play. I always hated when I saw we were playing the Rangers because I just assumed it was a loss. But now they've kind of got to that point where, as a lot of teams have gone through, they've kind of got a bit old and they need to do a bit of a, a refresh and a rebrand and a rebuild and all this kind of stuff. And there's been quite a few changes, a few big players left last year. And it was pretty much expected across the board, including by a few New York Rangers fans I know as well, that you guys would be, you know, fighting for bottom this year. And I'm not saying that you would be purposely tanking because who would do that? But you would be really struggling this year but with a view to the fact that, you know, this was all part of the process. However, you've actually not had that bad a season and could be, you know, pushing for a wildcard playoff spot. But is that really what you want as a New York Rangers fan right now with the team that you've got? Oh, it's, I, I always look at the Rangers and when, and when I, I kind of describe them to, to friends, I always describe them as the kind of that, 
annoying family member that frustrate the heck out of you, but you love them dearly. <laughs> um, and it's when it when it came out in the off season that we were we were going to rebuild. I think you just kind of then you kind of embrace, as you say, nobody really tanks, but you kind of embrace the tank and you sit there and you think, you know what, this is not going to be pretty, but let's just enjoy it. Let's and we'll maybe get a scalp here and there, but. Yeah, it's kind of the season started off a little bit, bit strange, and the results weren't going away. Then all of a sudden we went on this on this really good run, and then last few weeks haven't been all so good. But like I say we're just out of that spot. But I I, I would I prefer us to to just go for it, and I know that's probably not going to be um probably go down well with with a few Rangers fans, but nobody ever really wants to see your team. Do so bad. We have propped up the, the division fairly recently, but I just think we've got a good young core, a good young core of players with a, with a couple of veterans. Yeah. I, I, I would just I'd just like to see us go, especially with with a new coaching in there. He's got brought a new, a new philosophy to the team, so yeah. why not go for David, it? David Quinn. I was noting it's his first year in NHL. I mean, he's obviously done a bit of AHL, and he's he's come from the NCAA. And he's he's fifty two years old, but. What the what is he like? I mean, it seems like he loves picking apart every play by play in his in his post game interviews that I've um, watched. What is his feeling? What's the feeling amongst fans about him? I, th- I think personally, I thought I, I think it was a little bit. I was a little bit shocked. I didn't think we would go with somebody from college. Um, I thought we were maybe gone with somebody that was already in the NHL, but maybe on the backroom staff somewhere. But it it seems that. Like it's been a really good appointment. He's kind of embraced the fact that he's coming in. He's he's got to oversee a rebuild, but it, it's like he's given the team free reign to play how they want and kind of express themselves. And if if it goes right, it goes right. If it if it doesn't, he'll openly admit I made a mistake and we'll look to tweak things. Um, and I think that's what kind of you want with a, with a coach, even if it's if you're a team that's up there year in year out. You don't. You kind of don't want things kind of brushed under the carpet, and he, he seems like the guy that he'll, he'll be honest with the with the fans, with the the media to to what he's trying, and he's not going to back down from that, and he's he's going to be open about it. Yeah, we were just looking at um, you know, contracts wise. Um, you've only really got a couple of big guys that are up uh, as UFA at the end of the season: Kevin Hayes and Matt Zuccarello. There's, there doesn't seem to be much space for him to go and get the, the say like the Taveras and and say even like the Carlson type deals. I mean, do you, do you think there's that you've got what you've got is enough? Um, and, and there is there is enough flexibility. Um, I, to be honest, I don't think I said I said earlier I'd like to see us push for the post, but I don't think even if we got there, I don't I don't think we would we would challenge. There's a lot. There's a lot. More teams in in this league at the minute that that would just tear us to, to pieces. Um, so I, I don't know. How to say I say if you'd rather if tank it of... and get uh, get your first lose for Hughes space. <laughs> yeah. Lose for Hughes, isn't it? That's the uh, saying this year. Yeah, but well, it's it's like I say it's one of those things. That you, do you want to tank? But then do you want this high pick? But we we. We were hoping for a high pick in the draft, just gone, and it just completely went against us. And we ended up just, um, I mean, just inside the top ten. So sometimes it, tanking sounds good, but 
with how the uh, the draft lottery goes, it it can also come and bite you back in the backside, can't it? Yeah, it can. Yeah. Juicy fact, right from the stat man Freeman. <laughs> um, when you won the cup in nineteen ninety three ninety four, the year before you didn't make the playoffs. Mm. Wow! Like that doesn't happen normally, does it? <sighs> Anything so, could happen, especially in New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. An interesting one as well, looking through the the roster that you guys have got. And Henrik Lundqvist, I mean, he's, from what I can see anyway, uh, at the brief scan of you your guys' uh, roster, he's the highest paid ranger, I think. And I rightly can't so. see any others who are higher paid than him. Uh, at 8.5 million. And I know he is a, a, he's a legend in New York and he's been there uh, a long time. And New York fans, uh, or New York Rangers fans, I should say, uh, love NHL him. NHL fans, uh, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed seeing him uh, get pulled against the Leafs once <laughs> years ago when that I was watching him. That sounds so rude. He, uh, he got pulled that, uh, that night, which was, uh, yeah, it wasn't his greatest night. But anyway, he's a great goalie and, you know, having great goaltending is something that so many teams, so many teams are really struggling for this year and it's probably already cost at least two jobs not having good enough goaltending mm. this season. However... Henrik Lundqvist, at the age of 36, signed to 8.5 million until 2020 to the 2021 season. Is he going to become one of those contracts that you guys are going to have to, in the end, well, you'll just end up resenting just a little bit? Um, I don't know. I don't know if we will probably resent it. Um. And I, I think that it's highly regarded in the in the team that they actually he had he's got a no trade clause in that and they actually yeah. said if they wanted to waive it he can go, um, but I I think I think we probably need somebody like him on the team. I, I know you need veterans, but you also need someone whose play itself um, can kind of spur the other other players on. So I, personally, I would like to see him see him stay. Um, It'd be devastating to see to see him in another uniform for sure. Yeah, because I mean he's he's got so much weight behind him, hasn't he? I mean, in terms of his Swedish medals and stuff, his Olympic gold, he's got world champ gold. He's been the um, designer um, champ for um, uh, got the trophy for that. Has been a goalie, but I also but he's going to be thirty nine. Well, we have 20... Roberto Luongo is thirty nine, isn't he? Uh, I think he might I be think close he to is that. In the top five to oldest, uh, he's in the top five <laughs> we'll <get you>. oldest <laughs> of NHL. I think you're fine because he's the same age as Marley. Uh, I'm yeah. pretty certain. Yeah, no, I think you're but right. there was a really good inter- um, interview, sorry, feature written by Kat Silverman uh, the other week on um, Lundqvist's case for Hall of Fame space and the fact that there were, you know, it was kind of getting stronger, although he might look like he at the moment he hasn't got any Stanley Cups to his name, but that's how instrumental he was and, and the history and um, the the kind of weight that he brings to the team. But they were also talking about, uh, I can't remember what I was listening to it today, when, when Lundqvist does well, the team does well. When he does bad, the team does bad. Um, and that kind of sway, that pendulum that New York Rangers kind of keep seeing at the moment. Um, I mean, is there any truth in that? Do you see that, Jamie, watching all the games in and out? I think it probably hits the nail on the head. He, he, he when he, we'll just take things. I know we were talking offline before, early, weren't we? That the other night when we played, and it was it was so good, it was unbelievable. It was like it was kind of like the team was trying to lose, 
in, in a sense, but he, he was just like, I'm not going to let this happen. And but when he has a bad game, he he has a he has a shocker, um, and it's it's a it's a shame because players are in the league to to win titles, and he can have all the stats in the world, and when he comes back and look on his career, it sadly looks like he's not going to have that that one important um, stat against his name. He's got a Stanley Cup. Yeah, I guess that is. Yeah, I suppose if he's going to. If he's going to stay with uh, with you guys until the end of his career, then yeah, you never know. Three years, possibly. Just a quick pick you up on Roberto Luongo. You're right, he is 39. <laughs> he's also, by the way, signed through until 2021 as well. Like at the age of 39. So he's going to be like 42, 43. The difference between the two of them, though, no is standings. Roberto Luongo is signed at a contract of 4.5 million a year. Pretty much half. What yeah. Hendrik Lundqvist is, which I, you know, it's, it's the reason why I asked you that question, Jamie, is because um, I was talking to a Leafs fan, and this is how miserable Leafs fans just generally are. Because uh, we were talking about John Tavares and how he signed his uh, 11 million seven year contract. And when that contract was announced, every Leafs fan, all right, pretty much every Leafs fan was over the moon because they thought this is going to be amazing. However, that that feeling quickly soon turns to being realistic and looking on the uh, glass half empty side of things because we're Leafs fans. And we were saying, do you know what though? That contract, much as we love it now, my days that could come back to hit us in five years time. Like that could be one of those contracts where we're playing, uh, paying John Tavares 11 million when he's way down the line. And it's, it's one of those things in the NHL, isn't it? That if you're going to sign those superstar players you've almost just got to make peace with the fact that you're probably going to have to eat up some bad years at the end of the contract for those good years in their prime. Oh, yeah, I, 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 the contract situations are always something that kind of baffles me when you see teams going out and offering, say, like 10, 12 years to play to players. Realistically, how long are you, are you going to get really good player out of, say, 10-year contracts? It's, yeah. it's just ludicrous sometimes. Look at Chicago. I mean, that is burning them now. I mean, they have got, they signed players. I mean, you can't do it anymore now. The maximum is seven years or eight years if it's your own player. But there were times when like Minnesota and Chicago signed players to 10, 12 year deals. And I know they had flexibility in how the cap was and they could have those contracts that kind of dropped away at the end. But even so, I mean, even giving somebody an eight year contract, you are... That is such such a long time in advance, and it's one thing giving that to a 22-year-old or a 21-year-old. It's another thing in Luongo and, and Lundqvist's case of giving that to what they must have been in their kind of mid-30s or early 30s when they signed those long deals. I think as well, it's, the game changes so much in coaches bringing different philosophies. So, so some of these players that are getting these long contracts might not even fit into somebody else's style of play. So, you, like you say, you're then lumbered with a contract mm. that nobody's going to want to take on because it's just too much to damage your own team and, and what you're trying to build with, and up with your own team. Yeah. I just want to go back a few years um, with you, Jamie, because when I hear New York Rangers, I go back to the Stanley Cup final of 2014. And I'm imagining that that's probably uh, a bit of a sore point to remind you of. But I 
I remember that was one of my first years when I kind of started to really get into watching more NHL. And I watched a couple of the games of that Stanley Cup final. It was um, you guys versus LA Kings, wasn't it? <laughs> and, I, and, and I went back and I watched the highlights today of that. And I, I mean, this, I think, is very different to say how Leafs fans have been feeling in recent years, that we haven't really had a taste of success at all. So sometimes when you've had a little taste, then it's more bitter when you don't get another taste, if you know what I mean. And that kind of thought came to my head because if we just go back to that that series, I mean, game one, you guys were ahead. You ended up losing because LA had a comeback. Game two was exactly the same thing. You had the lead. LA come back. They win in second overtime. Then they shut you out. Then you shut them out. And then in game five, it was like more to me to you than the Chuckle Brothers. And they go on to win in second overtime. And seeing Lundqvist's face just like sat on the oh, floor. Like Claire, he's he's going to bring back flashbacks here. <laughs> you know God, what? A you... Traumatic experience reliving that. But the thing is, it was in the palm of your hands, wasn't it? And and it could have really gone your way. <laughs> if, just... if Claire did that to me about Boston series last year, <laughs> I don't know about you, I'd be in tears by now. I'm impressed you can still keep going. Just... What? I mean, were you were you watching that stuff live? What? was that like because we we can't compare this but we've got to set ourselves up for this kind of fall in the future i think i, th- I think when we when we we got there it was to me personally it was a bit of a shock i didn't expect us to come on that much that year but when we got there you all you have that hope don't you and you think we we can do it we can do it and get when we when we got to game 5 and we ended up losing it it was an absolute dagger to the heart because, like you say, it went it went to overtime, and it just felt like the the team kind of went into a shell, and as overtime just kind of went through, it, it was like there was backed into a corner, and there was only going to be one winner, and it was always going to be LA. We we just couldn't get out of the zone zone. We just didn't seem to have no creativity, and when the goal went in. It was it was absolutely devastating. Like you say, to see Henrik's face at the end, it was just it was it was horrible. Because I mean, at least the one thing that you've got going for you, Jamie, is that you you are connected to a big network of New York Rangers fans, so you're not alone, right? Yeah, tell we've got us a support a, group. <laughs> tell us about the UK New York Rangers um, group that you're a part of. Um, it, it was a, it was originally set up by by Darius. He um, he had the obviously the foresight to kind of get a, a hub for all those crazy Rangers fans to be able to interact. And he, he asked myself and he asked um, Lisa to join the team. Um, and we've, it, it was originally just from the looking at it from an outside, because I originally wasn't on the, on the team to start with. It was a, um, a Twitter page and then we kind of extended to Facebook and it, it's kind of grown from there. Um, it's, it gives, Fans around around the UK, and there is some European fans in there as well. Actually, um, sorry from outside the UK, it just gives us that opportunity to interact with people who share the same love for the team. Um, it, on game day, sometimes when you, you're in them early hours of the morning, it can be a lonely place when your team say two or three nil down. But you've you've got somewhere on Twitter or Facebook to go in and interact, interact and... Sounds like of, a helpline. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is, it's a support well, group. 
Yeah, well, God, for the last few years it certainly has been. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, it... the Leafs one is a nasty place sometimes, you know. It's not a support <laughs> group I'd actually want to meet face-to-face. <laughs> and then it's kind of got, it's stems to the point now where it's, it's giving fans the opportunity to share their experiences going out, not just to New York, but other parts of, of the States to go to games because it seems a, a lot more recently over the last few years that people are going out pretty much on a regular basis to go watch uh, New York. Um, not like I say, not just in in Madison Square Garden, but they're also travelling to other parts of America and it's always I good to that. kind of find... Yeah. We need to hear from them. I would imagine it. That that's probably linked to you know cheaper cheaper flights these days as well. It's easy. You can you know you can pop over to New York or the East Coast of the States for a couple of hundred quid, hundred fifty quid if you're really savvy about it. And that must be yeah, that must have something to do with the fact. We that won't be going to people. Europe, will we? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Why not? No. But I mean, <laughs> we need to hear from these people. We must please pass on to anyone from UK New York Rangers when they're going on these trips to send us an email at nhlfansfromafar at gmail.com because we want to hear about these experiences and those trips. And obviously, if you make it, Jamie, you've, we've got to hear it. You'll have to like yeah, record well, us a video. Audio diary. Audio diary, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Need a bit of definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know, we know for sure that there's, there, are, there is some UK fans out there at the minute and... Lisa, who's on the team, and uh, she's like, I'm sure it's this week. She's there for Christmas and she's going to Nashville to watch them against the Predators. Um, oh, so, the, the, the literally, the, I, I, I wouldn't be lying to say probably 95% of Ranger games at Madison Square Garden, there's there's at least one New York, sorry, one New York, you, um, <laughs> one New, New York fan there. <laughs> there's at I least one. A New York fan there, yeah. When the Islanders yeah, aren't least... playing and New Jersey yeah. are away. <laughs> but yes, I, I, I bet there's at least one UK fan there every yeah. sing, pretty much every game. Then just speaking there of New York, sorry to bring in the Islanders again, but I've got a bone to pick, right? You guys don't have a mascot. New York Islands have got Sparky the Dragon with a <laughs> hockey stick for a tail. But you are the only NHL team, as far as I can tell, that doesn't have a mascot. Why? I, I bet it's more to do with how bad the team's playing that nobody wants to stand there and get punched around as mascots generally do. Well, uh, you say that, allegedly. <laughs> um, that Yeah, Tommy Hawk, the Chicago Blackhawks mascot at the weekend, was put into a headlock and punched <laughs> by a fan. Don't laugh. <laughs> But he bought, did, did you know, I was watching, the, when I was doing my night shift, they came up on Twitter and I watched the fan, the, the video that was going around and he basically just gets the fan and just body slams him on the floor. <laughs> and the police were involved, so we no shouldn't way. laugh, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, but, to oh, me, it looked more man. like a bit of a scuffle between mates rather than actually violent. But you never really know the full story behind it. You don't see the build-up to you. This guy could have been, you know, nagging at Tommy Hawk for ages. But yeah, it's, Oh, I it's don't have any doubt about that. I just think if you're, if you, if you're anyway, in a you've suit... Anyway, you avoided the answer, Jamie. Because... The answer, Jamie, is it doesn't matter, does it? Because mascots don't play on the rink. Oh, That's a perfectly legitimate on. answer, you can say, by the way. Well, apparently you do have New York Rangers pop. Ranger is training what with is the that? Rangers to become a service dog for a child with autism. But, I mean, you should do that anyway. You still can have a mascot. I love a mascot. I mean, I don't know if you know, I get to pick the photo for our episodes. And yeah, there's quite a lot often, of mascots on there, isn't there? Yeah, because it's like mostly <laughs> no copy, copyright-free imagery. The only good... The o- <laughs> That's very, very savvy there. Yeah. The, o- <laughs> the only good... The only mascot worth it in the NHL is Gritty. Yeah, I'm but you know what? There. He's only new, and there were uh, up to three years ago, the Oilers, 
Philadelphia and New York Rangers were the only three teams in the NHL that didn't have a mascot. Oilers now do. I can't remember the name of him. Um, I think he's called Overpaid Contract, isn't he? I think. (laughs) Shut up. No? Oilers do. Oh, no, no, no. It's it's trade trade for a defenseman. That's the the mascot, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Trade for a defenseman. Right. Quick with you, probably. (laughs) I want to find out what he's called, actually. Um, and uh, yeah, Gritty obviously came in. So now New York Rangers are the only one that don't have a mascot. Do you know just, I, 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 I like New York Rangers a little bit more because of it? Oh, what? Because you can't be asked. I just nonsense. don't get it. I mean, I, 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 they're great. I don't go. mind them, but you Edmonton know. Oilers have Hunter, which is a Canada Lynx. I would take a Stanley Cup over a good mascot. Let's put it that we'd, way. We'd have to see if the, um, the fan group wants to put a campaign together. Um, in, in honor of you guys to get to get a mascot. Do you know what there are? The, the, basically, lions or tigers are the most popular choice for a mascot, yeah. and there are three bears in the NHL mascots. Can you name the three bears? Come on, Joe. One of them is Toronto's Carlton. Yes, Carlton the bear. Yeah. Can you name me the two? <laughs> I mean, you just don't give a poo, do you? Uh, Jamie, can you? Oh, not not a guess. Oh, jeez, you guys are rubbish <laughs> we, at trivia. We did, Claire, Boston. we're too busy watching the hockey. Boston. Boston, <laughs> Boston has Blade the bear. Oh, I don't like that Boston have the same mascot as us. <laughs> it's not the same. They're not related. Some of them do look related, don't they? We had that in the Elite League. They're not real. Manchester Storm Sorry, kids. and Dundee <laughs> Stars, they look like they were related, the mascots, when they were together. And in the playoffs, um, they used to get all the mascots on stage and they'd do a dance-off. <laughs> Um, anyway, well, the the third one is St. Louis Blues. Oh, well, that's really doing them good, and isn't it, this year? And guess what his name is? Oh, uh, tanking. Lewis. Oh, Lewis, of course. <laughs> yeah, and he's a saint as well, I'm guessing. Jeez. Oh, okay. let's talk some hockey. Um, right, mums and dads <laughs> on okay. trips. Does, let's not even talk hockey. <laughs> does... Uh, does does a, is it a family affair or should they watch from afar? I was looking at the statistics on results wise whether having the mums or dads there oh makes a difference. God, get I you. had a bit of time. How on my much hands. time have you had this week? I was avoiding doing a lot of blogging <laughs> that I should have been doing and some important work. This is why working for yourself is a bad idea when you have a passion hobby. Oh yeah, that's really good. First of all, I just want to say before we get you know deep dive into the stats because I know we're all we all can't it's wait not for proper that. Stats. It's um, Claire stats. <laughs> I just I want to give a shout out to the Leafs because I think this is really cool that the fact that they did the first ever mums trip in the NHL. NHL. It's not for the NHL. I thought it was the NHL. The Leafs. Was it just the Leafs? I thought I heard someone say it was the NHL. No, they've done mums trips on other things. In fact, in Canada, Canada is such a politically correct country that there was even an article that said, "Well, should we scrap dads' trips and call it parents' trips?" Well, not if it's only got dads on it. No, they were just saying you shouldn't just call it mums and dads trips. You call it parents. Trips. I just, I just because liked what it. if they don't have they a mom? Then they can't have a mom come along. Jeez, oh, yeah, fine. But you know, it's it's what I just <laughs> really liked Canada. about it was it was just like yeah, great. Let's let's bring some of the mums in because that was one of the questions I had last year when I was talking about the dads trip and I was saying oh how cool it is that they bring the dads. So many people were like, what about the mums? And I, I bet I the like, players mm. think oh for God's sake. Oh, they love it. Did you not see Mitch Marner posting pictures with his mum on Instagram in it, Florida? They were having a marvelous time. She was doing that weird stands. dancing thing. Floss. Floss. That's it. She, yeah, the t- she was TV flossing. Yeah, and I mean. Look, Mitch remembered how to score. The thing that made mom. me laugh, though, Austin Matthews' mom doesn't do a lot of interviews. She yeah. worries that her English isn't good enough. 
Um, she's from Mexico and she was talking about how she was so excited because whenever she asked Austin what it is that they do on these road trips, he always just like, <laughs> like a teenager just goes, it's all right. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. Yeah. So she was really excited to finally get to see what actually happened. But you say like a teenager, don't we all do that though? When our parents or friends ask us what yeah. we did at work, we all go, oh yeah, yeah, it was fine. But yeah. you know when your mom calls you sometimes and yeah. they're just asking you, and oh, what did you have for tea? Yeah. And um, and who are you going out with? Yeah. And how such and such? And what are they doing? And like you have to kind of do that thing. I hope my mom never listens to this. I was going to say, I'm going to send this to <laughs> mum. <laughs> but sometimes you have to do that thing where you're saying, oh, I'm, I'm just about to get on the tram now, mum. Oh. So you have to call them when you're oh, going somewhere. Gosh. So there's an end point. Well, just in case so my mum's listening to this, players... I've never done that. Okay, never done that. My, yeah, I've seen his eyebrows. My, I reckon players think the same. They're like, oh, God, mum's coming away. Jeez. Nah, I just want to be I away think, with my mates. I think it's great. I think it's really good that they do it. And I think it's, you know, it's all about how much time and effort and money that those parents have put into those kids because hockey is not a cheap sport to play and certainly not play at the level that those guys have done. Um, and I, yeah, it's great that they can celebrate it. The fact that the Leafs have basically lost both those games of the mum's trip is uh, not a great ringing endorsement. Well, that's but... what I was looking at. So the idea is that it didn't work out for Leafs mums to come along. Um, Canucks had the dads with them in October when they went over to Arizona. They lost 4-1. Mm. That didn't work out so great, did it? Tampa um, had dads with them when they went to play Flyers. They got an overtime win, just, and then they went on to lose in Nashville. So that's not really working out. Uh, and then Avalanche have slightly booked the trend in that they did win 2-3 when they went out to Nashville. Um, and that looked like they had a ball because they went off to go and see Dolly Parton's dresses and Elvis Presley's gold car in the Country Music Hall of Fame. So what those stats have told us is that actually it doesn't make any difference. No. Even, some teams win, some yeah. teams lose. But the, what you see in all the pregame stuff is, like, say, Tampa's coach, John Cooper, was saying, it brings renewed focus. They're fired up to play in front of them. I'm not sure if that's how he speaks, but no. it's just so <laughs> they can say all this stuff. Yeah. But it's just a load of rubbish. Of course they're going to say all this stuff. And, of course, it probably doesn't make that much difference because these guys are pros. I mean, they're, you know, it's not like their parents never come and see them play or they have friends and family coming to see them play. I've heard so many stories of players, you know, when they when they go to places and they've got, you know, a list of like 10 people who they've got to try and get tickets for. So they I am sure they are used to blocking it out and I'm pretty sure when they're on the ice, they are not thinking that their mum and dad or mum or dad are in the audience watching them because yeah. I mean, they're used to playing in front of thousands of people. And uh but it's a nice little tradition that they do. I quite like it. Yeah. And there's loads of um, there's loads of good write-ups. So loads of good stories and articles come from the parents' interviews and things like that. And uh, as, yeah, I just find it interesting. Jamie, do uh, New York Rangers do one? They we actually did one the other a couple of weeks. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. We played Florida away. They did a da- did a dad's night. Um, it's always to these nice places, isn't it? Florida, Vegas. <laughs> but um, from, from the the videos the Rangers posted, it looked good. They sent all the dads fishing and had them in a box. Um, to be fair, though, I think it. I don't know if um, they were put on behaviour warning, but it's um, from the the videos that came out of the box. I know if I played in the NHL, my dad wouldn't be um, 
that well behaved. I know he'd be up screaming and shouting. <laughs> so, so I think they'll put on a warning there. Well, you say that actually because the the one that I was just going to finish with, which kind of books the trend, um, is the Pittsburgh Penguins' dad's trip, which was uh, a couple of weeks ago, last week. Um, and they went to play the New York Islanders. It was on a Monday night. And Pittsburgh, oh my goodness me, it went to overtime. Mm. And then it went to a shootout. Mm. And the backup goalie was in because Matt Murray was still out at that point. Casey DeSmith was playing. It went to a shootout. And Pittsburgh ended up winning 2-1. And so apparently it, in the highlights, it cut to Casey DeSmith's dad. And oh he was just days. there like... <gasps> Oh, oh my God! You know your heart would be in your mouth, but an amazing game to to witness. And he is just a goalie who I was saying to Jerlyn as we were kind of getting coffee, preparing like, who is this guy? Where's he come from? He had 14 games in the NHL last season, and then he's had his moment to shine, stepping up out of nowhere because Matt Murray had this lower body injury and was out for several games, and now. I think he's like, what, maybe 20-odd games in the NHL and a 0.923 save percentage. Mm. I mean, wow, not bad, filling, is it? Filling those boots of Marc-Andre Fleury and um, big boots to fill. I'm not saying he's there yet, but he's up there. And Matt Murray's had his problems this year um, in net for the Penguins. I mean, not a great season for them. But yeah, he potentially is something um, that is going to be a positive for the Penguins this year. Mm. So the other question we were talking about was, uh, if you weren't a hockey player, what would you be? This was a question which uh, Jonas um, Sigal uh, put on an article that was out this week. And it kind of made me ask the question of what what did you want to be when you grow up, grew yeah. up? And some really interesting answers. But I want to know what you wanted to be when you grew up, Jolan. Who, me? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'll get myself ready for some mocking. Um, I wanted to be uh, an actor. Really, be an actor, yeah. So I went to, um, I went to uh, college and did performing uh, performing arts, um, up until eighteen. I was in National Youth Theatre for a few years, um, so I was pretty much ready to go full on to try and get into drama school. And then uh, through National Youth Theatre and a few other things, I started talking to actual actors who were working, and uh, realised that it didn't sound like much fun. And uh, after doing three years of drama school. Uh, to then just hope that you can get an extra role in Holby City didn't really uh, live up to my expectations. <laughs> so I decided to uh, to to divert to something else. I still haven't found that something else yet, but yeah, I wanted to be an actor. Really? Mm. I'm surprised by that. I did a great, uh, I was a great action in West Side Story, a uh, college musical. Really? Yeah. yeah. Could see that. Yeah. Jamie, what did you want to be? I always wanted to be a train driver, a steam, but a steam train driver. I was, yes, Jamie. I was, I, I was obsessed with Thomas the Tank Engine, when, when I was growing up, I was obsessed with going to the York Railway Museum. Oh, like, the, the best hat. place on earth, isn't it? Hockey oh, it Hall is. of Fame, number one. York Transport Museum, number two. <laughs> yeah, the, the heart chucking the coal into the fire and, and pulling the, the lever for the horn. Yeah, that, that's what I saw myself doing. Wow, and then the internet <laughs> came and electricity and... Girlfriends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> drinking. <laughs> yeah, drinking was the other one. Yeah, no, I... I I'm with you there, actually. And, and to be honest, Jamie, if I went back to when I was a little, little kid, I probably would be on the same as you. It would have definitely been a train driver. Thomas the Tank Engine really? was my, uh, that was my staple diet every day. It was about three hours of Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> Who was your favourite? Oh, <laughs> Henry? It has to be Gordon, doesn't it? Gordon? Yeah, number four. What do they call the fat controller these days? You can't call him that. The over overweight 
with a high BMI controller. <laughs> <laughs> they, they can't call big ears big ears as well, uh, can they? Yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, they, they, uh, there genuinely was a thing about that not long ago. I'm sure a few years anyway, ago they changed it to something we else. We divert. We divert. Well, yeah. here's some of the answers. Whoa, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> whoa. I don't know about you, Jamie, but uh, she's uh, she's asked us oh, okay. uh, well, this question. I I want to hear yours. <laughs> the thing is, I kind of, I've somehow ended up doing what I wanted to do. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. When, yeah. I was, when I was little... I used to have a ghetto blaster in my bedroom and I yeah. used to record the Claire Elizabeth Freeman Top 40 show, Michael <laughs> with Mark Goodyear. Oh, my days. And I used to go, so, here it is. And my brother came in and used to do Sega Master System games reviews and I used my recorder to do the pips for the news. Like, loved it. And yeah. then somehow went and studied sound engineering at university in acoustics and then when i worked in finance then worked in sales mm. and now i've finally come round over the last 10 years to do what i wanted i don't know eventually. about you i don't know about you jamie but uh, i'd love to hear some of those uh, claire freeman mark goodyear style chart <laughs> show tapes on uh, on a podcast in the future uh, do you know uh, i'm actually digging them out i'm digging them out this this weekend funny enough because Are you gonna, actually yeah <laughs> I know. Weirdly, oh, now yes. that I make podcasts yeah. for people, yeah. I'm doing some public speaking events, and I go back to the story of how I got into oh, DIY recording. We have got to play some of that on the podcast one day. It's horrific. Oh, yeah, I don't I'm know, hoping it is. I basically put on a variety of Birmingham accents, which I have no <laughs> idea where they come from. I was living in Coventry, obviously, but Man. we don't speak as Brummies in Coventry. And I did a full phone-in of Guess the Sound with a variety of different... And you played the callers as well? Yeah. Oh, please, we've got to hear this. <laughs> we've got to hear it's this. It's truly horrific. Anyway. Right, come on. You, you, you owe it to our podcast listeners that uh, <laughs> they get to hear this and me as well. Right, the list on here. Freddie Anderson said he would have been an architect or a carpenter. Travis Dermott said a musician or a lacrosse player which John Tavares also said he may have been a lacrosse player. Mm -hmm. um, Kasperi Kapanen said a uh, golfer, Formula One driver or an actor. Hey, me and Kasperi could have both been in West Side Story together. Oh, wow. Mitch Marner said a lawyer. Garrett yeah. Sparks, an artist. Morgan chef. Riley, a chef. Um, and then the one that made me laugh the most was Tyler Ennis, who I don't know if he was being serious or not. But yeah. he said an astronaut. Right. So he basically wanted to be a hockey player and couldn't think of anything else. <laughs> I once interviewed a British ice hockey player. Mm. And um, the interview never made it to air because it was just a really weird one. And I asked him that very question. What did you, what would you have been if you weren't a hockey player? Mm. And he replied, not even blinking, not even taking a breath, yeah. absolute deadpan. In in like a, a you know a very thick accent, mm -hmm. a drug dealer. <laughs> what? And I was a like, drug dealer. How do you even respond to that? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's uh, that's an interesting one. I mean, I would wonder how early uh, he wanted to. That was his childhood dream. Slightly <laughs> worrying. It is, isn't Eyeing it? Eyeing up the cowpole, thinking, "Well, I could sell this on the black market." I know. How bizarre, strange. Uh, right. Well, going back to. Uh, Going back to hockey, yeah? Is yeah. there any? Well, I don't know. 
let's have a look at um, this argument that has uh, come up a little bit a couple of weeks ago, really, when there was a lot of talk about whether the physical game in ice hockey was kind of dying and was disappearing out of it. And then then that seemed to cue about the most vicious week in ice hockey that we've seen in ages in the NHL where hits were going crazy, fights seemed to come back, even the Leafs were fighting and they don't have anyone to fight or fight with. And it got, it was also brought onto this podcast last week when I talked about the Boston and Toronto potential series that might happen in the playoffs this year, revisiting last year. And I said on the podcast that I think... I would pick the Leafs to win that series because when you look at the two teams, Boston have done little bits, yes, but they're pretty much the same team as they were last year. It went to seven games and was so close last time round and the Leafs have brought in John Tavares and their younger players have got a year better and more skilled. And I feel the game is going that way. So if you have to look at those two teams in isolation, you'd pick the Leafs over the Boston Bruins. A couple of people got in contact this week saying, well, you you know, we've seen now the Leafs have come undone when they've come up against that physical presence. So I guess the question is, are we moving to a NHL where pure skill will beat that physicality and take it further out of the game? Well, I think that will be decided on who wins the Stanley Cup this year if we see a more speedy skilled team such as Leafs or Tampa for instance who win then we can then there is proof that the that there is a big change but that's the crazy thing about that you know if you just look at that that playoff run you could have the Leafs of Boston where you have got you know let's look at it from a Leafs point of view for a second you've got the case you've got to try and beat the Boston Bruins they are going to be physical they're going to try and put you off their game Right, So you've got to play that series. And then if you win that, the chances are you're going to play Tampa, who are far more similar the way the Leafs play in that kind of uh, speedy way, uh, much more skillful in that sense, not saying Boston aren't skillful, but much more skillful in that way. To win the Stanley Cup, you've got to do both, surely. You've got to be able to do both still, but maybe that is slightly changing now to where actually if you've got that pace and if you've got that skill you're no longer going to be exposed. There was an interesting thing about Mitch Marner this week where people were saying his value now in the NHL is skyrocketing because this is the time when you need players like Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner five years ago is nothing like as valuable because he gets pasted into the boards game in, game out and can't have the room on the ice that he has now. Jamie, I don't know with with how the New York Islander... uh, Oh dear, sorry. I, I deeply apologise for that. That is terrible slip I bet by he me. edits that out later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll lose in the edit. Um, the New Jersey Devils, Jamie. Um, the New York Rangers, their team. How are they set up for that? With their young, You talked about the young players that they've got. Are they the type of players who you could see succeeding in that what is being described as the new era of hockey, the Elias Pedersons, the Mitch Marners of the future? I think we could, yeah. I think the team's set up probably for that kind of style of hockey. Um, and I think that's probably, like you say, that the league's probably heading towards that way. But you've, you've still kind of got to have a little bit of that grit about you. So you need some of those tough guys in the team, like I say. So you've got to have that balance. Um, I don't think you would probably win it outright with just pure skill or just um physicality so you've got to you've got to get that fine balance um to essentially win it but 
I think we're more set up as as a, a skillful team, but I'd like to see it's definitely not that that kind of physicality of the game and as a whole leave the game because that's one of the appealing things about it. Yeah, and I think that is for me. This is one of the things that me and Claire have disagreed on as well in the past on this podcast. Is that you know for me, I want to see Elias Pedersen do incredible things on the ice. I want to see Mitch Marner do amazing things on the ice, and I don't want to see. Uh, Ryan Reeves come on over and paste one of them into the boards and take him out for however many games and I guess it's just it it is it purely goes down to opinion because I 100% appreciate that that physical side of the game is important to a lot of people and it's something I still enjoy I just don't think you can let it then be to the detriment of some of the skill and the speed we're seeing now because I well hockey now watching it now compared to some of the old videos I've seen of hockey games I would not change it and go back yeah, I think I think they say you, with that fine balance, you've you've if you're going to allow physicality in the game, you've you've got to keep a close eye on it because some some hits that have kind of crept into the game over the last few years are just are just downright shocking. Liberties, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so you've 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 got to look at player safety there, um, and rightly so, punish it as as a, as bad as the. The police, the police, yeah, it's like kind of on ice policing, I suppose, are saying. But yeah, what the what the refs and the medical people are saying is that if if it's refed properly, then you shouldn't need to have that fourth line policeman kind of position anymore. But there lies the debate, doesn't it? And one other thing, which we you know we're not going to go on to talk about as well, but <laughs> I always love the the narrative about the playoffs and the fact that well you know it's one thing getting to the end of the regular season, but then you've got to play in the playoffs. And playoff hockey's different because the referees sit back and watch that game. Like, you know, and it is still different. It's far more physical. It's far more tough. But then is that going to change as well? Are they going to bring more calls into the playoffs? I guess that's something we'll only see when we get there. If we ever get there. We'll get there. (laughs) Don't you doubt. Hey, I just want to pick up on something, actually. Mm. Let me just pull this clip out of my back pocket because... You mentioned last week about um, Toronto and Tampa. And I think when we work through our, our playoff bracket, if you oh, haven't yeah. heard this episode, go back, listen to next, um, sorry, last week's episode. We decided crazily um, to put together what we think a playoff bracket would look like right now where the season's at. Um, and during that, one of the matchups we had was Tampa and Toronto. And I was because Toronto beat the Bruins. Yes, yes. round one. Yeah, so round two. <laughs> but I doubted you, right? I was like, no, I don't see necessarily that Toronto are going to beat Tampa. Tampa at the top of the league. Yeah. They've got a you know a lot more playoff experience. Um, they've got been kind of going together. This is this could be their year. Mm. But we went with a Toronto win anyway. Then after we did the podcast, Toronto and Tampa met last Thursday. And the score ended up being four Tampa, one Toronto. Now, mm. I got up in the morning and I was driving. I didn't have time to watch it. So I I kind of accidentally on purpose looked at the score. Mm. And then as I was driving, I decided to listen to Leafs Nation, which is a post-game radio show on Sportsnet, yeah. the fan, whatever it's called. And uh, as I was listening to this, I was feeling, oh, my God. Jolon's cursed us. <laughs> I know, that's only you that Is this that. a sign of what's to come, that Tampa are going to destroy us in a playoff series? No, he no. stupidly said that we're going to beat them so arrogant and then put us through <laughs> to a Stanley Cup final. And then here we are, losing 4-1 to them. And then I heard 
Mark Savvy say this on the radio show. So I want to want you to listen to this, Jerron. They never gave up in this game. Unfortunately, that one word, Vasilevsky, <laughs> just haunted them all night. Yeah. So anyway, to put it in context, the end of the second period of this game, they've totally dominated the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're down four-one. They outshoot Tampa Bay twenty-three to twelve in the second period. And now we go to the third period. Okay, there are no goals on either side. The Maple Leafs outshoot the Tampa Bay Lightning in the third period, 16-2. to And that's what I'm saying. You play seven games like this, or, or who knows if it would even go seven in a series like this, you'll win more than you'll lose. And I think that'll be Babcock's message to the guys. You can't leave this building tonight unhappy with the group, unhappy with anybody. It was a tough tough loss because one guy so when i heard that i did the biggest sigh of relief that i've ever done as i was driving and i was like okay i can i can you know all is forgiven uh why thank you and it was one of the best games of ice hockey i've ever watched that tampa uh, toronto game it was build up it lived up to its expectations i was hugely frustrated that they didn't win but the level of hockey and yeah as as he said you know if you play seven games like that the chances are that the leafs would win more than they lose playing like that so it's going to be really interesting to watch that series in the regular season unfold but two skill teams two skill teams as you say, Tampa with a bit more experience, Tampa probably with the favourites tag, but I just think it is going to be such an incredible matchup. I just really hope that that does happen in the playoffs, that we get to watch that, because I think even as a neutral, you would enjoy watching that series if it's anything like that first regular season game was. Wow. Well, Jamie, we, um, we're going to wrap things up, but I just want to read you a tweet um, which is sent in from Rob. Um, now, Rob, I know, has a slight leaning as a New York Islander fan as I read this. I'll just set that out there. Right. I think he should have, um, you know, declared that when he put <laughs> this tweet. But I know that off the record that if he has a team that he follows, it's the Islanders. He has put that neither New York Islanders or the Rangers will make the playoff cut. He believes that in the wild card position will be Boston and Montreal, actually, oh. with Washington, Columbus, and Pittsburgh out of the Metro, Tampa, Toronto, and Buffalo in the Atlantic. What do you think of that? And what are you thinking in terms of your predictions of what's going to unfold, Jamie? I, I, I totally agree. Um, I think we're probably not good enough as I said earlier there's there's a, quite a few teams in in our um in our division that would just just overpower us and and we we just wouldn't be able to cope um I think the islanders will probably fall away um and I've I've got it's between for that probably that third spot is between Boston Montreal and, and Pittsburgh right well, it's, yeah, it's amazing even to think that Pittsburgh are in that conversation, isn't it? That they, you know, whether they'll just scrape in. And but yeah, that's it is very very interesting. I hope you're right. I hope both of you are right about Boston being the wild card. That would be fantastic to avoid that. I'd love to see a Buffalo series, Buffalo Toronto. That'd be well, a really good rivalry. Well, don't forget that Buffalo beat Boston last week. 
Uh, that's the thing. Everyone can beat anyone, and that is that is the great thing about the NHL and watching ice hockey teams because you nobody wins eighty three games in the year, and teams do beat them, and there are crazy results happening all the time, um, which is yeah, just all part of the fun of it. One last thing to mention very quickly um, is I don't know, you know the, the Seattle thing, twenty twenty Seattle thing. They're coming what, into that a thing team. You know that team. Six hundred and fifty yeah, million. You know that something. team that's coming in. Um, this this is a test to see how uh, how geeky slash obsessed you are with hockey. Uh, I'm asking you if you're listening to this podcast, have you looked up the mocked draft for your team for the Seattle expansion franchise coming in, and who they are likely to take off your roster? Because there have been so many articles about this flying around the internet and. I think that separates the real diehard NHL obsessives. I heard them talking about this on Hockey Central the other week, and they had the GM for Flyers, I think. Yeah. And he was like, look, we're dealing with the right now, then we're dealing with next season. Fans don't do that, though. Fans don't do it. Because he said that the market changes so much. Yep. But that's a rational view. Fans aren't rational. Did you, I mean you, sitting there, have you looked at which player that Seattle are going to take off you and ruin your season? If the answer is yes, then come and join the club. Because we've all done it. If you're Carl Dubas, GM of the Leafs, then you've got more important things to think about, like Marner and Matthews. Maybe Maybe they're one of them. Maybe they take Austin Matthews. Maybe they don't. Leafs don't protect them. Anyway, are you worried about that, uh, Jamie? Jamie, are they, uh, who are they going to take off you? Or actually, you know, you're in the good position that the Leafs were last time that Vegas came in where you'll have all those young players that aren't eligible. I, I haven't looked specifically at, at the um, at the draft itself, but I, I have kind of looked at a few articles saying who we would probably protect. And so it's, I'm probably going to, I'll probably worry about it if it gets closer. Um I've been looking at mock drafts for the the upcoming draft. Yeah. To be fair, yeah. we, see, uh, that's what I mean. So yeah, <laughs> prioritize people. Prioritize. All right, then, Jamie. The final thing that we need to get from you is your prediction for the Stanley Cup final. We've asked every guest so far to predict their East Coast winner and their West Coast winner, and then who you think might win that Stanley Cup final. Who are you going to go for? Uh, I, I don't know, if, and I probably sound stupid. I don't know if, if I could pick. A winner from each, but in terms of the Stanley Cup itself, um, I've got Tampa winning it, unfortunately. But so I, I think it's a good shout. I mean, I know I say unfortunately because you're on a podcast with a couple of Leafs fans, but I think it's a really good <laughs> shout. They are an incredible team. Yeah. And who do you think from the West maybe might uh, sneak in there? I don't know. There's there's a few. Um, I don't. I think it's probably hard to to pick. Anyone but not the LA Kings in, in your history. Not that they're going <laughs> to, yeah. but... I don't, I don't think there's any risk of that. <laughs> but I would imagine yeah. that that is a team that you'll forever hate. Chicago and LA, I think, are safely out of that. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's no If you guys aren't going to make the playoffs, then they're definitely not going to make the Stanley Cup final. No. Yeah, as, I'm just as, che- long as, as long as it's a good final. I'm that, just cheering this good. year. Yeah, I'm just cheering this year for an all-Canadian final. I just think that would be incredible. <laughs> that would just be incredible. Are you going to put money on that? Uh, no, <laughs> no, because I wouldn't be able to but look at it objectively because I would be saying our Leafs Edmonton final and it would never happen. But anyway, fun. Jamie, thank you ever so much for being with us and best of luck for this season. I know it's probably not going to be a particularly uh, joyful experience this season, but it, uh, it's all part of the process. Everyone keeps telling us. <laughs> and uh, thank you very much for joining us on NHL Fans from Afar. 
Oh, no, f- thank you for, for having me on. I've really, really enjoyed it and I enjoy listening to the podcast. Oh, thanks. Just give a shout out if other people are New York Rangers fans, where they can find um, stuff that you guys do. Yeah, so on Twitter, if uh, you look under UK NY Rangers and then on Facebook, it's New, uh, New York Rangers fans. Fantastic. Uh, UK. Sorry, I had the UK bit on the air. Forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> .co.uk. Good stuff. Well, we want to hear uh, from some of your fans on these trips as well. That will be fantastic. Uh, the only thing that we've just got left to say is um, we're skipping a week next week because apparently next Tuesday something's happening, something important. Yeah, I'm busy. Sorry, I've got uh, I've got a lunch. Yeah, got a there's lunch like some dude called Jesus that's like booked yeah. or something in my diary and Santa as well as on Monday. I've got a new jersey to open. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so weird. <laughs> we're going to skip a week, but we're coming yeah. back. Uh, we're joined with Stephen Edwards again on the first week of January. So we'll be wrapping up um, a couple of weeks worth of hockey, which will be super exciting. We'll be Maybe... well into the running then. We'll be January, February, March. Oh, you're getting there then. I'm going to go and have a look at the Seattle thing. You've got me curious now. See? See? It does it to you. And then you end up lying awake at night going, oh, no, they're going to take Andreas Johnson off us. Oh, but what I also like, as we go into the Christmas week, yeah, I loved Jamie's uh, analysis there of his team being like that annoying family member which just does your head in, but you love them dearly. Yeah, who's that um, for you, Claire? <laughs> <laughs> you already dissed your mum. <laughs> Well, wipe out, make a really awkward I don't have Christmas to spend this year. Christmas with that family member. It's fine, <laughs> but we've all got them. But either way, we hope that you can put up with them and just laugh at them and think of them as your NHL team. And hey, if you get a new, I don't know, a new phone or new something like that, new or Jersey. you know, maybe tell your friends that you know they have these great podcast apps, and then you go on and say, well, how about you search for NHL fans from afar and you just click subscribe. It doesn't even matter. You don't have to tell them. You can just subscribe to it. It's free. It's great. Just and, get them to download. And honestly. If there's one thing that you do today, just tell a friend, yep. share them, share, you know, the podcast and at mentioners. And what we'll do is we'll give you a personal thank you on our next episode. Let us know. So it's at NHL fans from afar on Twitter. And then our email is NHL fans from afar at gmail.com. And Abby, just for you, this podcast is an hour and 20 minutes. You are welcome. You've had an hour and 20 minutes of quiet kids. I hope Abby's kids. I hope you stayed quiet. And three, two, one, cue your screaming.